0: Fresh out the oven, it's Cinema Bums. I'm Wade. And I'm Emmett. Cinema Bums is a podcast where we watch through every single movie in popular film franchises, one each week to try and track how the storytelling changes over time. Today we are continuing our mini series, Cold Boy Summer, covering all the films in the Twilight series. We will fully spoil today's film, but we will not spoil any future entries in the series. There's just one left. Emmett, how are you doing? I'm so good. <laughs> this movie was just the right kind of bad. There's, I mean, several different kinds of bad in this movie. It had all of them. Wait,
1: how are you? How are you?
0: I'm doing particularly good because today we are honored to have a special guest. She's an actress, a singer, and a powerhouse musical theater performer. Perhaps best known to our audience for tragically learning that her favorite Taylor Swift song "Back to December" was written about Taylor Lautner while she watched this movie. Please welcome Mariels Marsley.
2: Honestly, wait—I had forgotten about that until you just brought that up, and now I'm really <laughs> mad.
0: I wrote this after we watched it, and then just reread it and laughed uh, again.
2: It really is so upsetting. Honestly, this whole podcast should be roasting Taylor Lautner because. <laughs> That it kind just... of has
0: been. <laughs> it has been, especially last episode. This one's a good one. Tough to imagine them together, I feel like.
2: He pees on
0: babies. Does you know what? what I'm talking
2: about? He literally I pees don't... on He pees on the little uh, vampire baby. That's how he imprints.
1: I'm sorry, what?
2: Yeah, that's what imprinting <laughs> is. They pee on the babies. Did y'all not watch the movie?
1: He peed on that baby?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: That's CGI, baby. I thought it was bad yeah. enough when he had the bizarre future sex dream about the baby, but no, no, peeing was on it peeing. is even worse.
2: It was happening as the sex dream was happening. He was like peeing on the baby.
0: They really walk some <laughs> things back in that. They really try and reframe some things they've established in that future vision he has, uh. where he says he's going to be a friend. <laughs>
2: A protector, a friend, a protector, uh, a brother, as he's peeing.
0: A brother. It's so good. Wow. Oh Mariel, thank you so much for being here with Thank us. you for
2: having me. I'm in my home studio. Oh, I'm I just excited you. to be here. <laughs> it's so great.
0: We're so excited to have you. <laughs> Where did your journey with Twilight start?
2: My journey with Twilight. Mm-hmm. Twilight was like my sexual awakening as a middle schooler. At it's first, a common
0: theme. with a lot Has, of the has everyone been saying that? A lot of people have said that, yeah.
2: Really? I mean, I was 11 when I first read the books.
0: Wow. Mm, yeah. So you read the books before watching oh, the yeah. movies? Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: I'm not fake. I was Team Jacob, unfortunately.
0: Have you switched?
2: Edward is hot in this movie. Yeah. Until Until he becomes like a woman hater, baby <laughs> hater, <laughs> aggressive man. But I was Team Jacob. I own it.
0: Did you have the shirts, the uh, the soundtracks, the whole deal?
2: No, but I, d- I did listen to the soundtrack. Okay. And the soundtrack is bop. The music in this one I thought was good.
0: This one so. ends with an original song by Bruno Mars, <laughs> which I was shocked to see.
2: And it's good. I've heard it, it before. Good.
0: So did you watch all of them when they were coming out? Oh, yeah. This one?
2: I saw some on like at the midnight premieres.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm hardcore.
0: Have you kept up with them ever since or did you fall out for a while and then come back to them?
2: I've always been in love with them.
0: A true fan. Is
2: this is this you guys' first time watching them?
0: This was yours, right, Emmett, for this one? This was the first time I'd ever seen this work of cinema. Oh my
2: god, Emmett, are you okay?
1: <laughs> no. I just finished it like 20 minutes ago. Oh my and god. I'm still
0: reeling. <laughs> How much yeah, of what lot. happens in this one did you already know? Surely you must have known the Jacob, the Jacob baby thing.
1: I think I knew all of it. I just had not yet experienced it in all its full and gory detail. Did you know? know about like
2: the bedroom, how they like destroy the bedroom? Yeah, cuz I remember yeah, people was... talking
1: about that from the books. Mm. But like when she's out there looking like an AIDS patient in a Tony award-winning play. <laughs> <laughs> that is like pretty grim. So a pretty grim 30 minutes of the movie. Uh-huh. Is her dying of this demon pregnancy and I was uh-huh. not here for it. I was like so good. this is like this is the coolest thing that has happened in any of these movies and it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just bad. I don't want it. <laughs>
0: I had seen both of this one and the next one in theaters when they came out, but only that one time. So I remember, like, certain things, but I had forgotten where... I was really trying to remember, like, how far into it this one gets, and where it ends. (laughs) That birth scene, though. Oof. Wild. Truly wild. (laughs) I had forgotten almost everything about it. It's shocking. It really is. It really is.
2: Every scene is shocking, though.
0: (laughs) I would
1: contend that the first two acts of this movie are utterly boring
2: i don't know though i disagree i thought the wedding is i think the wedding is beautiful and the honeymoon is beautiful too I love it. I love the little montage that they do. Edward seems sexy for the first like 30 minutes and then it's over. Mm-hmm. When they're mm-hmm. playing chess, it's good.
0: The chess did it for you?
2: I loved the chess. I, I've mentioned it many I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's like an homage to the covers of the books. It's great. Mm. The waterfall jumping. mm then it all takes a turn.
0: That was the last stuff they filmed, I read. Really? We'll talk a little more about this later, but they filmed both of them together. Uh-huh. So they would do like a scene from part two and then a scene from part one the next day. They did them at the same time. And Amazing. the last thing for the whole series they did was the wedding. Aww. So they had everyone there and did all of that stuff. And then everyone else left and they did like a week where they just shot all of the stuff that Bella and Edward do in the montage on their honeymoon. Like, they just filmed them swimming and playing chess and doing all that fun stuff for, like, a week.
2: They must have been so, like, oh, we did it, we finished our series, we're so cool. Like, I hate that, I hate knowing that.
0: But
1: I also feel like that totally makes sense, because here's what I've written down about the wedding. Other than the eight times that I mentioned, oh my god, are we still at the wedding? I mean, another, talking about another 35-minute sequence in this (laughs) two-hour film. I've got a part written down where I was like, this wedding is, like, a curtain call that is four bows too long. And, like, that's exactly what it is. That's why everyone is just, like, up at this wedding doing some soppy damn thing. And no one can stop them. And you're like, this is eating so much of this movie's runtime right now.
2: Wait, well, did they film, like, the Jacob emotional scene at the wedding, like, last two?
0: I don't know. I think they had a couple days of filming all the wedding stuff. But that was Um. part of the last stuff they did
2: must have been so hard for Taylor to get through.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was really working towards that Olympus of a scene the, for the whole five-movie series. He was really just, like, trying to get nail that one scene. And he nailed it. He did. He pulled it off. He nailed it. He really it's grabbed amazing. her
0: by the arm like that.
1: He really oh did God, that yes. thing. He really felt it, man. It's- so good.
0: I read a quote from Kristen Stewart where she said that the trio all watched an early cut of this film together Uh and apparently um, Taylor Laudner started sobbing Oh my god It really got to him.
2: I hate him Oh my god. Now do
0: you think he was sobbing because he was watching the
1: last vestiges of his career go down the toilet (laughs) or do you think he was actually moved by his own talent in this film? I think
2: he was moved. His own talent Oh my god he, you oh know he was God. walking around like he owned the place. He... Mm, I can't. I hate him.
0: <laughs> Emmett, can you briefly relay the plot of this movie for our <laughs> listeners who may not have seen it or <laughs> may have been a while since they have? Absolutely not, but I'm not afraid to try. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's
1: very important to mention that this movie begins with, I believe, a people called the International Montessori Solariaris. Um, but that could be <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure what this. Va- There's a vampire group. I think they're called the. They're called the Montauk Vultures. Or wait, maybe
0: they're called <laughs> the Volturi.
1: Yeah, yeah. Does that, this movie
0: they... start with them? <laughs> this I don't movie think it starts does.
1: with them ripping a woman okay. apart because she's brought them news of a wedding, and for some reason oh, that pisses right. them off. Even though they've been the ones wanting this wedding to happen because bella can't know about vampires unless she is a vampire and so like that's the whole thing they've been pressuring since the beginning of the first movie like that's been their whole secret subplot but now they're pissed because they're like well they're still taking too long and then you never hear anything about that for the rest of the movie
0: (laughs) okay no emmett you watch the extended edition (laughs) that scene is not in the theatrical version which we watched well, let me tell you. <laughs> the there's guy. a later scene that's sort of like that when they get the news that they've had the baby. Spoiler alert for later. You're missing out. Spoiler. Okay, but
2: I was enthralled though. I need to go see this scene because I yeah, it's pretty
1: sweet. I'm so, ready. Anyway, then cut to it's time for Bella and Edward to finally have their wedding, and they're in like the last planning phases. They have wedding. Everyone is there. It's too long, as previously stated. It is like a painfully bad party that you keep trying to leave, and for some reason your partner needs to keep saying goodbye to people. And you're like, no, we just we just need to go. Then they are on their honeymoon, and Vela is all hot for Edward, but is also like, maybe I could be a human for a little while more. And try out human-slash-vampire sex. It's never been done, but I'm not afraid to try it. And so our brave young Bella conquers Edward in the sack. And then... God. And then... He's like, I could never do that again. It was wrong. And he doesn't want to touch her. And then there's this long, very weird sequence of her trying very... Poorly to seduce him and him like not responding and wanting to play chess instead, which is totally cribbed from the Tempest, but w- whatever. A lot of
0: Shakespeare <laughs> stuff throughout this whole series.
1: There is, there is. Stephanie Meyer is a real bar later, if you will. She is. They're like, Oh, everything's been great on this honeymoon, but you're really just kind of like, what's, what's happening in this movie? Where's the conflict? You're about and 50 minutes in <laughs> And you're like, okay, what could possibly happen in this movie now? They have been married and they've had sex and now Edward is being cold and withdrawn. And like all of those things pretty much track with what you thought was going to happen. Well, surprise, surprise. She is pregnant. And she's got a little demon vampire baby inside her because it was birthed by a non or it was like you know half human half (laughs) you don't have to get into the specifics (laughs) well essentially she's got a gross little thing Uh inside her that's draining her life force because it's like sucking her blood and stuff Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. but and let me stress this there's a group of about seven hundred year plus geniuses who have all sucked blood for a hundred years and they can't figure out that this baby vampire might want some blood until jacob says it (laughs) an hour and 40 minutes into the movie after she's been dying for an hour (laughs) After they spent 20 minutes searching on Yahoo.
2: Literally Yahoo search engine. I said
1: the scariest thing in this whole movie is this
0: is the image search on Yahoo. <laughs> this, this film was sponsored by Yahoo, LG and Tampax. That's all the product placement we get in this one. Damn. She's going to have this baby. It's going to kill her if
1: she has it. There's arguments on both sides. Edward wants to, like, cut this baby out of her and kill her and, well, and kill the baby and like save Bella right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and Bella obviously wants to do the most self destructive and selfless thing which is have the baby and die if she must Mm -hmm. but she's hoping to be turned into a vampire at the last minute and everyone's like well we can't do it we might be able to do it we can't do it we don't know and there's a horrible long slow process of her dying Which is really, like, the part where I was like, this movie has just been straight up uncomfortable from start to finish. And then she has the baby in a truly horrifying scene. Uh Meanwhile, there's all this stuff going on with the werewolves who are pissed that there's another vampire being brought into the world. But Jake is, like... Loves Bella, so he's going to protect her no matter what. So he's stood oh. up to his pack leader and all this stuff, and he's declared himself <laughs> the true alpha.
2: He's the grandson of Abraham.
1: None of that really matters, honestly. It just, that is set up and played <laughs> off in one sequence. In one sequence. <laughs> in the same <laughs>
0: scene. An amazing sequence. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about all that stuff.
1: <laughs> but in the end, Bella has this baby ripped out of her just in time in an emergency C section. <laughs> By Edward he stabs her with his venom which appears he's apparently put in a needle so they basically crib from from that one major scene in Pulp Fiction where she gets stabbed mm-hmm. with the adrenaline needle and then there's this weird part where they're feeling for a pulse and you're like dumbass you're not looking for a pulse she'd be dead she's gonna be a vampire why are you trying to give her CPR <laughs> you know that you, what you've done is killed her in in the regular medical sense this is makes it so stupid they all think she's dead Jake has imprinted on this baby, which we will get into, but you know, he's he's done it. And he's like, leave, wolves. And Edward's like, yes, it's the one law wolves never break is don't hurt a baby that's been imprinted on. It's and the one true like, law. And they're like, okay, that sounds like something from football, but whatever. Right before they're about to, I guess, like, bury Bella, she her eyes open... They're red. She's a vampire. Cut to credits, and then if you were watching the extended edition, after part of the credits, cut well, back to the, the real oh, one too. This, yeah. this post credit scene <laughs> to the Vulture Culture Club up underneath, like the place in Italy or wherever, and old Hugo weaving with his little bug eyes is like, I have a problem with the Cullens, and it matters. It's more than. It's more than just the thing that you thought it was for four movies because that thing has been resolved in this movie and now it must be something new they have something that i want you're, and then it cuts mind, and you're like "Ooh, ooh, hugo weaving
0: it's not <laughs> hugo weaving is it <laughs> i read that they had the actual pulp fiction shot of him like uh, plunging the needle into her heart and it got them in R rating so they had to cut it out
1: wow I mean, I thought there was other stuff in this movie that should have got them an R rating first.
0: This movie was directed by Bill Condon. I'll walk you through his career. Starts off in horror. First film was Sister Sister. Second film, I'm in a little connection to Jordan Peele. He directs Candyman 2 in 1995. Kidding. His breakthrough, 98, is Gods and Monsters, for which he wins Best Screenplay, he wrote and directed. Uh, That's a film that stars Ian McKellen as James Whale, who is the director, uh, Hollywood director from the 30s. He directed Bride of Frankenstein, which is what Edward is watching at the movie theater in this movie. Hmm. So weird little reference to some of the director's earlier work there. That's cool. But after that big breakthrough, he does what uh, his true passion is, which is musical theater. So this is the guy who brought us Dreamgirls. The live-action Beauty and the Beast, and The Greatest Showman. Wow.
2: I feel like this makes so much sense, though. That wolf scene is pretty much a musical theater (laughs) performance. It's amazing.
0: So that's this guy, big musical theater guy, directs this one and part two. I mean, did it all in one shoot. Nice. But the only director to have two movies credited to his name in the series. Good for him. Nice work. Written by Melissa Rosenberg, as with all the other movies in the series. She quit her job at Dexter, which she helped create in order to do these. She said basically for four years she had been writing Dexter during the week and writing these movies on the weekend. And she was like, I can do that for one movie, but I can't do it for two movies. Wow. This is based on the 2008 novel by Stephanie Meyer. And I just want to reiterate this. I know I have brought it up a lot throughout the episodes, but this book was originally the sequel to Twilight. This was originally Twilight 2. And so it just skipped everything in the middle. Victoria and Laurent were still alive in this one. But this was her pitch for a sequel, and the publishers were like, "No, you've got a hit. We've got to have more than two books." So she filled in all the stuff in the middle, and then went back and did another pass at this. <laughs>
1: Looking back on it, Meryl, how do how would you feel if if we did not have New Moon and Eclipse?
0: New
2: Moon and Eclipse are both really boring. Like, so it makes sense. Yeah, but. I don't know. I need to reread the whole series. I loved Eclipse when I was back, when I was a younger girl. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, score on this one by Carter Burwell, who did the first movie. He comes back for both of these last two. This one runs mm-hmm. an hour and 57 minutes. It is the shortest movie so far in the series.
1: I just found out I got seven extra minutes
0: of film. <laughs> it was released on November 18th, 2011 by Summit Entertainment. So there was the longest break ever in the series between Eclipse and this one. There was a year and a half off. Wow! This one had a budget of 127 million, so it would have needed to make about 250 million to break even. It made 689. Woo! That is slightly more than New Moon made, but a good bit less than Eclipse. So this is the first one that has dipped down in terms of commercial performance mm. in the series. This is also double the budget of Eclipse. $90 million more than the original movie was made for Damn. is the price of this one. Damn. Yeah, I read uh, an article from the time in The Wrap that talked about how some sort of pulled out the stops for these last two. Apparently, all of the three leads got $25 million each for oh
2: my God. the combined oh my for doing God. both of them. And yeah. they
0: really
1: spent that seventy-five mil for them. The other seventy-five mil on Digiwolves, and none <laughs> on of the baby rest, CGI on that baby CGI, <laughs> and none of the rest of the money on anything. <laughs> um.
0: But even with those diminishing box office returns, that still was the fourth highest-grossing film of 2011. Wow! That, in spite of the fact that there were widespread reports of seizures and vomiting from the birth scene. <laughs> From the flashing lights. Wow. That's horrible. It's it's
2: shocking. It's very disturbing.
0: And this film was indeed negatively received by critics. With a 45 on Metacritic, at one point higher than New Moon, it is the second worst reviewed in the series. Wow. My review quote comes from Lisa Schwartzbaum of Entertainment Weekly in a scathing review. She writes... A pox on Breaking Dawn, the movie, for its contented complicity with Stephanie Meyer's ultimately awful message to millions of readers. What we learn in this all pain, no-pleasure episode is that marriage feels like a life sentence, weddings are miserable events, honeymoon sex is dangerous and leaves the bride covered in bruises, and pregnancy is a torment that leads to death in exchange for birth. Also during pregnancy, families fight like werewolves and vampires. Way to go, young adult message. Wow. Mariel, flop or bop?
2: I'm going to say, this may be controversial, I'm going to say it's a bop because it makes you want more. Like, I watched that, and now I'm like, I need to reread the whole series. I need to see the last movie again. I need to, and I watched all these movies during quarantine, y'all. Like, I've seen Mm. them all pretty recently. I'm ready to watch the last one. Like, I want more. (laughs) It's, like, upsetting, it's disturbing, but, I mean, it makes you want more. It gave the fans what they wanted.
0: I can't deny that. It's Emmett, flop or bop?
1: I think it's a flop. All right.
0: I -hmm. think this is the
1: worst offender so far in a movie that is four scenes long
0: and two hours long.
2: (laughs) I thought it went by pretty fast.
0: Wait, (laughs) flop or bop? Uh well luckily this decision was made for me because I could never give a bop to anything with a scene like the werewolf scene where they're talking in their heads <laughs> out loud. I just could not condone that sort of cinema. So it has to be a flop. I don't make the rules. I think but you are
1: skirting I think you are skirting the issue. No,
0: I'm talking about the issue.
2: Oh, I think you would have loved it if there if that scene wasn't in it. I remember when you were watching it, you were like, this is what did it.
0: Yeah, it was. I said, when that scene happened, I said, that's what turns a bop into a flop. (laughs) Because I do think it was a bop. I was just very interested in the idea of like a big studio franchise movie that's sort of just about like adult relationships and relationship issues Uh uh-huh like i don't necessarily agree with the decisions these characters make they're not the ones that i would necessarily make in the same situations but like this movie is the closest thing to a greta gerwig movie we've watched since we finished that series And then it's about like two young people who get married and have to navigate their relationship and everyone else. And they go on their honeymoon, they're alone for the first time. And then there's a complicated, there's a complicated moral quandary about what to do with this baby. Would you die for your baby to live that they have to figure out? So I don't know. I was just very interested in all that stuff. I don't think it's necessarily done well, but I think it's a very bold move to do that. Like until the very end, there was all there was no action in this movie at all until like the very end. Yeah. And I have some thoughts on that action scene too. I don't know, I was into it. I definitely liked it a lot more than Eclipse. Mhm. I would say less than New Moon because I think New Moon was really well directed and I think this one was a little more all over the place.
1: I did feel like if you were going to recommend any one movie that we've seen in this series so far to be like, what is this series? I'd be like, well, watch this because it's got all of it.
0: I think the first one is the most fun of any of them, but the first one is so different from like the series that mm-hmm. comes later. Sure. This is the one of these movies that is the most linear by mm-hmm. far of sure. any of them we covered. So I thought we could do something a little different and just sort of go sequence by sequence. Mm. And talk about how we felt about the the plot in the film. So let's start with, how did we feel about the wedding?
2: You are forgetting the opening where Jacob throws the letter on the ground in the rain and storms off because he's angry.
0: And immediately rips
1: off his shirt.
0: Immediately (laughs) rips off his shirt.
2: (laughs) That's what I do when I'm mad.
0: Yeah, and a very cool title card. On the invitation, we see that Edward's name is Edward Anthony Mason Cullen. Are you kidding me? As if we didn't hate him enough already. (laughs) Okay. Um, We also get during this sequence a little mini movie of Edward going around and killing serial killers. Oh, yeah. I had something to say about that. In a very Dexter-esque situation. Right before
2: the wedding night, he's like, I need to share this. Yeah. Thanks, Edward
1: i was like oh yeah we're gonna get like his evil backstory finally this is very exciting and i was so disappointed when i found that he only killed bad guys he's and
0: Robin didn't Hood. like
1: actually have a sordid past <laughs> i was like come yeah. on get with the pr- if he's not killing that woman we don't want to hear about it like we don't want to hear about how he was like saved more lives than he took that's that's not interesting he's supposed to be a vampire for god's sake
2: <laughs> edward is a hero
1: His accent work is doing interesting stuff in this film, once again.
0: He also has no makeup on this entire film. He just looks like Robert Pattinson.
2: (laughs) He's never glowing. He's never sparkling. He's not pale. They've
0: dropped
1: the sparkle like a hot potato.
2: They couldn't afford it. They spent it all on the baby. The baby and the wolves. (laughs) But that's what I think. That's why I was like into him during the honeymoon. Cause he's not like it's very natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His outfits.
0: Well, outfits. How did we feel about everyone's wedding attire? The gang all coming back and hanging out one last time.
1: Spare a moment to say rest in peace to Anna Kendrick. Did you you see herself commit career suicide in this
0: film? I like that in all of the sequels, they have her show up for, like, one three-minute scene to make some jokes and then leave.
2: All I can remember of the wedding is when they're all, like, piled up dead. And that's, like, a dream, oh, right? Oh, That yeah.
0: dream that sequence dream. is
1: super cool.
0: That's all I can think about, yeah. Where she has the same dream sequence as Iron Man in yeah. The Avengers
1: Age of Ultron. But the difference is that in Avengers: Age of Ultron, something like what he dreams about comes to pass, like eventually down the series, like ruin does befall them.
2: Well, maybe this is maybe it will next
1: in the next movie.
0: Does everybody die in the next movie?
2: And there's a musical number as they all die.
0: (laughs) I like the I like the callback track. I like when they play their song from the prom. Yes,
2: that was cute. Okay, okay. And it's even more sweet now that we know it was the last scene they filmed. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm.
0: I really liked Charlie at the wedding. You know, he's been one of my faves this whole series. I think the suit really accentuates the mustache. (laughs) He also does a very good job of playing those scenes.
1: I said Charlie facepalm. Ditto (laughs) Renee.
0: But this is my question. Okay, I just want to ask you guys this. Uh Do you guys think... That after the wedding, they, yes, you know,
2: because she didn't bring her like what is he a baseball-playing husband or whatever mm-hmm. from Florida or wherever the mm-hmm. hell? Yeah. yeah, that woman is problematic. Okay, she she gets the invitation from her seventeen-year-old daughter and she's like, oh, she's getting married. Like she's all like, it's happening. That's like what?
0: This is a good point. We see her seventeenth birthday. Is she still supposed to be seventeen? I thought she was eighteen. She oh. turned 18 in oh, the last
1: 18. one in, in Eclipse. Sorry, that changes I- everything.
0: My bad. You know, Charlie and Renee, they're emotionally vulnerable. They've been watching their daughter get married all day, they're sitting next to all each other. Day. <laughs> she didn't bring her oh, husband. Yeah. They're reminiscing and having the child.
2: There's also a lot to talk about as far as what's going on with Charlie and that, um, the wheelchair man's woman. Right.
1: true. There is, like, something happening there. Yeah. So, I don't know.
2: Maybe a threesome situation occurred post-wedding.
0: Yeah. Who is that lady? I have a lot of questions about that.
1: I got questions.
0: Moving on. Then we get to the honeymoon. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs)
1: <laughs> how how do we feel
0: about the honeymoon, Mariel? Isn't this the reason why you picked this movie to talk about?
2: Oh yeah, because I specifically remember the breaking of the bed and the feathers mm. everywhere and mm-hmm. the bruises. Mm-hmm. Which you know, when you're like an 11 year old girl, you're like, oh my. <laughs> but I thought it was a well done scene.
1: I I don't know. I think it's uh I think it's probably what real Mormon honeymoons are like. Honestly,
0: I, it's more full on than I remembered. Like, so yeah. <laughs> You don't see any, like, full nudity. You don't see any butts, which I feel like they could have gotten away with. But, like, what they show is possibly much more explicit than that.
2: It's so weird because he's a vampire. Like, none of it makes any sense.
0: Yeah. He's more gung-ho about it, too. Like, I would have thought from all the other movies that he would be sort of, like, whatever. But he's, like, going for it. He's stripping down and walking out into the ocean and oh yeah about it
2: but then he gets so upset when he sees like two fingerprints on her arm he's like it's over i
1: said she's oh, yeah. okay. the least fun <laughs> dom ever
2: <laughs> he's like this how could this happen like what uh, the bed is destroyed what do you mean emmett
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, who do you think reacts worse to getting the pregnancy news edward or anakin <laughs> I mean, his
1: reaction is pretty horrible. He's pretty pissed.
0: Yeah, he's, like, immediately, like, the worst reaction imaginable.
1: Yeah, and, like, has absolutely no concern for her feelings on it whatsoever. Yeah. In, like, a pretty messed up sort of way.
0: Truly, truly messed up.
1: And it's, like, yes, he is, like, might be a little bit more aware of, like, how dangerous it is, but that's still no, that's still no concern. And also, he should level with her about how dangerous it is instead of, like, trying to keep her in the dark about it the whole time.
2: I also love when the maid goes up to her and, like, puts (laughs) puts her hand on her stomach and is, like, what did she say? She's, like, death, but in Spanish.
1: (laughs) Yeah, when she says, "muerte." This is a good moment. Best moment in the movie, probably. It's so good. <laughs> that is good. I just have, in, in, in some of in my notes, weird
0: housekeeper stuff. Unpack or no? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good tension in this movie, I feel like. That's true. Also, this is apparently, I read, supposed to be a big twist, When she comes out and starts eating chicken. Because apparently we have never seen her eat meat before.
1: Is she a vegetarian? Do we
0: know this about her? She never says it. But apparently it's like a purposeful thing in the movies that she always eats vegetarian meals. And she tells Charlie to cut back on eating the steak every day. And that's supposed to be like a big twist when she eats the chicken. Oh! But I was like, she's just eating a raw chicken for breakfast. That's the And peanut butter and peanut butter.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, she's really hungry because she's got a demon baby inside her. And then she threw up because the chicken was raw.
2: Yeah, why did they include that? It's so weird. Like, oh, the raw ch- is she? Is it the chicken or is she pregnant? Who knows? Like, why did they include that? That's stupid.
0: Also, she, like, spends all that time looking for a swimsuit. And then she's like, I gotta go out naked. And then we cut to a 10-minute montage of her swimming in a swimsuit for the rest of the time. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Anything else to say about The Honeymoon before we move on? Anything to say about the cultural impact of watching these characters have sex after we've watched three movies of building up to them having sex?
2: It was satisfying. For all the middle school girls that yeah. were like 14, 13, seeing it, they were like, oh, like this was their first like movie like that. Yeah. 24, and it shocked me. So... <laughs> I can't imagine what a 13-year-old would think.
0: For real. I cannot imagine being 13 and watching this with my parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the movie theater.
2: I definitely saw this movie
1: with my mom.
0: So then we move on to what feels like the longest sequence of the movie, although they're probably all about even, which is the pregnancy.
1: No, the pregnancy is straight up 50 <laughs> minutes long. It, no, is, it really is. It is a third of the movie, but it's the long
0: third. <laughs> It's brutal. It is like long and emotionally demanding.
2: <laughs> because she looks ratchet like immediately and it just uh-huh. only gets worse.
0: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> as soon as Jacob shows up to that house and they show her you're like, "Oh my god." Mhm. <laughs> it's terrifying. I wish we knew like the time like that it spanned.
0: Yeah. I've got Jake's
1: monologue is pure camp, darling. Uh, I think that's when he's in the house trying to convince her. Oh, ah, that's oh, the, that's right. the
2: monologue I wanted to memorize. I,
1: I've I've got yeah. it written
0: down. I'm gonna okay. We're gonna Please have
1: a per- special performance at the end here or sometime.
0: <laughs> oh good. Hey, here's something uh, I wrote uh, down that Mariel noticed. So when they go on their honeymoon, we see a statue, the statue of Christ in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, mm. is the mm. opening to mm. their honeymoon, and then when they get back. From in the pregnancy the first thing we see is it a sideways cross that's been placed by the stairs oh wow I also think it's really good but it's just not fun to watch but I also am like interested in these characters who we know but don't have a really spent time with like actually dealing with a situation like I feel like so yeah. much of what we've heard from like Rosalie or Alice or whatever in the past movies is just like exposition or them. Like, telling their backstory. But it's cool yeah. to watch, like, how everyone in the family reacts to this crisis that is affecting all of them, you know?
1: I thought that Rosalie came out looking a lot better in this movie than she usually does. Like, mm-hmm. just as a person. In this moment where uh, Jake assembles all the Digi-Wolves and they're all, like, there on the logs and they're about to have their, their big meeting and there's like this triumphant music playing and it's like yeah he is he is the great great grandson of the biggest baddest dude of all time and he does deserve to have it and he does deserve to tell these guys what to do and then he just runs off and I was like yeah I would watch this movie like this is the movie I would watch and then it goes back to being the movie I don't want to watch about Bella dying of a
0: baby and it's bad This is in the section I've called The Wolves, which we can get over to. This is, like, in my mind, unquestionably the worst creative decision they have made so far in a series with a lot of poor creative decisions. (laughs) Having them talk, like, we know they can hear each other's thoughts. But, like, watching a long, dramatic scene of these wolves speaking in human dialogue to each other is the worst thing I've laid eyes on. (laughs)
1: It's so bad, but it's so good. It had to be
2: done. It had he's to He's the happen. grandson of Abraham. <laughs> yeah. He's the grandson of Abraham. That?
1: What I'll does the,
0: any of that mean? There's so much exposition that happens in that scene. Jacob was meant to lead. explained that there is an alpha or that that is determined no, by any sort of they method. Hinted, oh they hinted at that in a clip. That weird you beach scene, attention. too. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: That weird beach scene where he's like, I was meant to lead. It was always supposed to be me, and be me, and uh, yeah. they were like, "You weren't supposed to turn down Alpha." And it's like, what the, what is this?
0: But the Leah stuff is compelling. That's like the most interesting side character. Mm-hmm. I hope they do more with her.
2: In the book, I think it goes into the like minds of Seth and Leah. Like, I think there are chapters devoted to their thoughts. Which is why they tried to bring it in in the movie with the werewolves. But I may mm. be wrong, I don't know.
0: And there's that whole bit where you like see it from his eyes. like You're looking through like the wolf vision as he runs through the woods or whatever.
2: And it's all of his angry thoughts, like, how could you do this? And all the wolves oh, are yeah. like, whoo!
1: There's like a couple of those that are like that in this movie. There's also that excellent X-Men gene sequence thing. That comes back not once, not twice, but like three times at the end of this movie. While you know Bella is being resurrected, but they're still like, we're not going to give it to you. We're not going to give it to you until the very (laughs) end. We're not going to like really seal the deal on having her like open her eyes.
0: Yeah, so then we're getting into the last sequence of this movie, The Birth, which goes full David Cronenberg body horror the birth dude when her back breaks when
1: she just like oh goes god. into she just spills the drink her back breaks. she just goes straight into labor it's awful
2: something else breaks too is it like her leg her, her, leg.
1: Knees. her knees
0: oh yeah. my god because she drops they, so like hard. bend backwards it's horrible it's... yeah it's really right bad. after
2: she just shared the names edward jacob and Renezme. <laughs> oh
0: yeah
1: ej ej and Renezme. what terrible names for children
0: God. No one tried to talk this lady out of it.
1: Well, look at her. Like, I would just let her have it. Exactly. You're like, this is probably going to be the last thing you get in your, your poor, sorry life. So, <laughs> I guess if you want oh to name this child Renezve and pass on your genetic misery to somebody else,
0: <laughs> she said EJ for my two closest male friends. And then she has no female friends, so she's got to name it after her two moms. <laughs> Can you... I cannot believe
2: that Edward was like, yeah, Edward Jacob. We'll name him after Jacob, my arch nemesis,
0: like, for sure. Like, what... The man who he just asked to kill him.
2: Um, literally,
1: like...
0: What? Edward Jacob Cullen. You're named after two of the bravest men I ever knew. <laughs> The bravest men I ever knew. Names are so dumb. I'm sorry. Names of kids and franchises are so dumb. Names of kids and things
1: are always stupid. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Are you joking?
0: Well,
2: Bernesmee is a great name, so that's what it ends up being.
0: So things have been pretty calm in this movie so far, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then we are, like, in the middle of a bloodbath, and bones are breaking, and Bella's gaping stomach it has like stuff flying out of it, and Edward is biting her everywhere. She's screaming in terror. <laughs> it's like zero to one hundred real quick. He chews a baby out of her in
1: like it's the, horrible, the most awful C-section of all time.
0: Yeah, big Prometheus vibes for that. Yeah, one. for real.
2: He just slices her open and then bites bites the baby out.
0: Apparently, it was a big thing that they the fans thought the movie was going to have to be rated R. And it wasn't because of, like, all the sex. It was because of this scene, which I guess is even worse in the books. Damn. Apparently there's, like, an iconic moment of her vomiting up blood in the, or just, like, exorcist-style, like, vomiting a stream of blood throughout the whole thing in the books that got cut. I gotta reread this. That's Sue so Metal.
2: When she births the baby, they just, like, take pick the baby up and they just leave her there dying on the table
1: yeah i said yeah i was like they, th- this is once again that old victorian thing of caring more about the baby than about like the mother giving birth to it that's so like, messed up
2: her whole body just broke like her back is broken her legs are broken her stomach is ripped open like and then they're just like look at your baby
0: yeah
2: baby's like 25 pounds
0: it's so weird. I don't even know how to touch the Jacob Renesmee scene that we get after. Like, not just in concept, but also in execution. Of them having a real baby that they have cgi to face onto <laughs> for some reason. And then, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but we have only ever heard of imprinting as a romantic thing... Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because even even like mere moments before him and Leah are like, man, I wish I would imprint on someone so I could stop caring romantically about people I used to like. Yeah. I've
2: always just thought I was peeing on someone.
0: And then it flashes to him. He imprints on a baby and then they're like, oh, I'll be a brother. I'll be a friend. I'll be a protector. Whatever she needs until... Unless, and it's like, oh, is that what it's supposed to be? Because that's not what I heard it was supposed to be.
2: <laughs> and there's images of him with, the, of him as a wolf with the baby. <laughs> so creepy. Yeah,
0: he like sees it's her
1: so weird. all grown up. It's very strange, but what? romantic. It's also like, can this baby get older? It is a vampire. Also,
0: is it not? But it's half. Right. A vampire. That part is just wild. I'm amazed that it made it to the movie. That they were like, no, you can't do this. But isn't it,
1: like, a pretty major thing in the book?
0: It is a major thing. I feel like that's the thing that, like, people remember most about the series is that Jacob falls in love with a baby.
2: He's going to kill the baby. So what would you rather? He kills the baby? He kills the baby on screen and we have a whole image in front of the fire of him killing a baby? Or him peeing on the baby and falling in love? Like, both are upsetting. What would you prefer?
0: This series is big on child <laughs> murder. There are a lot of kids who get killed in flashbacks and vampi- baby vampires who get killed in the last one.
1: Before we exit this part and go into Wade's deliciously deep dive on the wonderful world of Stephanie Meyer and Mormonism, may I just recite to you the speech that young Jacob gives to Bella of uh, when he Please. comes and sees her pregnant?
2: with emotion
1: oh yeah i'm I gonna try him. and act it uh, something that taylor and never attempted <laughs> what are you thinking bella seriously i'm sorry i didn't know so it's a bouncing baby boy i should have brought blue balloons which <laughs> <laughs> okay gender reveal party advocate jacob black <laughs> oh come on you can spout that crap to your blood sucker but you don't fool me I can see what that thing's doing to you. It's a killer, Bella. And when you die, what was the point of me loving you, you loving him? How is that right to anyone? Because I sure don't see it. Listen to me, Bella. Please. Just don't do this. Live. Please. I know how this ends. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm not sticking around to watch. I understand why he cried now. Don't you get it now? You're like, oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think, I think if I was to watch that played back, I too would cry. So, oh, my God.
0: It's amazing he didn't get Best Supporting Actor for that.
2: He got $25 million, so he's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding.
0: <laughs> he's oh, all good. set. The only other thing I want to mention about the end of this movie is it has an awesome credit sequence. Oh, it yeah. really does. It cuts to this, like, poppy, bright, stylish credit <laughs> sequence and a funny mid credit scene, and it's, like, so much bolder than anything else in this movie.
2: It also ends on her beautiful fake eyelashes mm. and her permanent contour and mm-hmm. eye makeup, so that must be why they were like, let's follow it up with this amazing credit sequence.
0: That's true. It's a bold ending. It does leave you wanting more, as you oh, say. Oh, yeah. Okay. um, Mariel, who do you think is the protagonist of this movie? And what do you think they want?
2: It's definitely Bella. Mm-hmm. She wants to birth her demon child, no matter what anyone tells her. <laughs> oh wait, also, side note, as two uh-huh. ge- as two gentlemen, I don't know if anyone's asked you guys this yet, do you guys find Bella appealing in any way? Like, nothing about her is appealing. I'm sorry, she's boring. No- <laughs> like, there's nothing special.
0: Emmett, do you want to... <laughs>
2: Answer this one first. Like, what is, what
0: is
1: it? No her? one has asked that question. The answer is no.
2: Like, she has no... Par- I don't get what's special about her.
0: Yeah. I feel like her personality trait is that she's, like, too awkward to live. Like, she is so <laughs> uncomfortable at Literally, every moment. She has a so panic bad. attack walking down the aisle at her wedding with her dad until she sees Edward's face.
1: Which is very well acted, but not, not like, something that you want in a partner <laughs>
0: I remember when I watched the first movie as a teenager. When was it 2008? So I would have been 13 or 14 mm-hmm. being very into Kristen Stewart. <laughs>
1: Interesting.
0: I like her now in other stuff, but I i don't know. I'm definitely not. I don't get the appeal so much. Like but I don't own. also get the appeal of any of them. Like, why is there yeah. this whole battle over these three weirdos?
2: I get the appeal with Edward, actually. He's, like, mysterious. Okay. He's mysterious. Yeah. He looks constipated all the time. Mm-hmm. All of his siblings are hot. Like, He's got
0: several different cool cars.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, it's just the mystery is appealing. Mm-hmm. Her, it's just like, what does she... I don't, I don't even get it. Like, I don't get her. She has no personality. We've seen nothing. Anyway. she's
1: sometimes funny. It hasn't happened in two movies, so I'd, I would forgive you for not remembering. Right, but in right. like the first movie and in New Moon, she is sometimes like witty and funny in like a fun way but that is like yeah. scraping that's scraping the bottom of the barrel to find a reason to like her I'm not I'm not like pulling for her or anything here
0: it also feels like just physical attraction is completely off the table because Edward doesn't like doesn't seem to want to sleep with her and even beyond just sleeping with her like he's never like you're so beautiful you're so pretty as much as he does like all the other creepy like I'm so in love with you he's like, like you like,
2: smell so good you smell good <laughs> That was the best night Your of smell my eternity.
0: Is irresistible <laughs> to me.
2: I'm holding back from hurting you, and then all he did was leave like two little fingerprints on her. Like, okay.
0: So I want to just talk a little bit about splitting this book into two movies. Oh mm-hmm. yes, please. Mm. Which is very briefly a trend. Uh-huh. In researching it, I found out that it's one of these things, sort of like the all-female reboot that like people talked about for a long time, but actually, and if you look at the movies where it actually happened, uh-huh. very few compared to sort of how much was made of it. So they decided at the f- at the beginning to make this two movies, which I think was very costly for them because the whole cast was only signed on for one more movie, mm. which I think is why you see like the trio getting 25 million and this one having a much higher budget is because everyone got to renegotiate their contract. Oh, okay. After these movies were a big success. And Summit specifically wanted I guess their criteria was they wanted an Oscar nominated director to do these two movies so they were only interviewing oscar-nominated directors and apparently sofia coppola who we will cover someday on this podcast wanted to do it but would only do one she was like actively seeking it out but she was like i only want to do part Damn. one i'm not going to do a second one which i guess would have been impossible since they filmed them at the same time you know Yeah. But yeah, it went to Bill Condon, and from what I understand, I think Melissa Rosenberg wrote it as one big script. Damn. It was Bill Condon's decision where to cut the two movies, oh. and then she sort of built mm-hmm. the movies around that. That's cool. The book is 750 pages, mm-hmm. so like, <laughs> it seems like a fair decision <laughs> to cut it in half. Yeah, no kidding.
2: And half of it is Jacob's perspective.
0: Oh, that's so weird. Who who wants it? Who wants it? Mm-mm. Okay, so these are the movies which did this trend we're talking about, splitting the book into two movies. You've got Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, which comes out 2010-2011. That one was written and filmed as one long movie, and in the editing bay, they cut it into two. So that one was not oh, wow. a conscious decision. Really? Basically, as they're editing the, the first movie, realizing it's two movies and announcing that, that's what gives Twilight the confidence to jump on the bandwagon and do the same thing. Bold move, Twilight. Harry Potter feels very much like one movie. Like, the first movie of Harry Potter 7 is just all build-up, no payoff. And the second movie is all payoff, no build-up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just you start mm-hmm. and it's the battle, basically. Yeah. Having not seen the second movie, this feels like its own totally distinct movie. Like if this had not been called Part One, I would have been totally mm-hmm. satisfied that this was just a standalone movie. You yeah, know?
2: yeah, they definitely. Oh my god, they were they were giddy about this choice. They definitely wanted to. <laughs> they wanted to sink into the whole pregnancy. They wanted a big wedding. Mm. They wanted a whole montage with the honeymoon. They just wanted to like spoil themselves because they were getting all sentimental. They wanted Robert and Kristen to have all their special moments.
0: They loved it. And then there's just a couple others who do it. You've got The Hobbit, which was originally written to be two films, and then they film it all. There's the whole director thing with that one, too. But then they cut it into three films in the editing bay. Oh, my
2: God. They cut it into three? Yeah. Oh, dear God.
0: You've got The Hunger Games, which is the last one to successfully do it with Mockingjay Part 1 and 2. That one's kind of in the middle of this in Harry Potter for me, where that's a little more like you're watching half of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one that sort of like puts a nail in it is Divergent. Oh the yeah. The movie Divergent Allegiant, they split the final book in in the trilogy. I've never seen any of these mm-hmm. movies, but three books in the trilogy. They split the final book into two movies. They do the first film. It doesn't make a lot of money. They never do the second one. They never do the second half of the final. Oh my book. gosh. Wow, I poor- saw
2: the last one and I have no memory of anything. Of being <laughs> like, oh man, they're not finishing it. I don't remember. Yeah.
1: Poor Shailene yeah. Woodley. Poor
0: Miles Teller. Whatever will they do? Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like they made the right choice splitting this book into two movies?
2: They didn't have to. Mm-hmm. They could have short. They could have shortened like the wedding, basically everything. But they did what they did. Now they have to live with
0: it. Do real. Moving right along. If Bella is our protagonist, then who would we each say is our MVP other than the protagonist, our most valuable player other than Bella in this movie? Mario, you have first pick for your MVP.
2: The housemaid that goes... What is she? Muerte. <laughs> was gonna be mine. <laughs> I think she's the only one that earned it.
0: <laughs> she has a long scene, too. She's on screen for, like, six minutes. Very
2: little lines, but it's all in the eyes. She kills it. Mm. She's done her Yahoo searching, so she knows vampires.
0: That's true. Emmet. who's your MVP?
1: This one bummed me out. I don't know. Like, it was just, like, so much of this was such a slog. I guess I'm going to go with Seth.
0: Damn it! That was my other one! He was,
1: he was pretty sweet. I liked the moment when he like, he's like, I'm running away too. And it almost looks like it's going to turn into a buddy comedy with him and Taylor Lautner. But Taylor Lautner mm. can not act, so that would never happen. Wade, who's your MVP?
0: <laughs> OTB. Well, you two have taken my first two picks. <laughs> I truly had no third backup. <laughs> I guess Leah then... Ugh. Okay. I, I was interested by her character and her art. I th- I think she does good in that one scene she has with Taylor Lautner. I mean, imagine Taylor Lautner being your scene partner. You're right. You're right. Imagine you're being paid millions of dollars and it's your first major film role, and your reputation is on the line, and you have a five minute scene with Taylor Lautner. I think she does good, considering yeah, I think so. all right. things considered. You're
2: right. You're right. All right.
0: <laughs> This is the section of the show we like to call The Big Topic. One of the oh, last shoot. big topics, which I would like to cover today, is Mormon mm-hmm. themes in the Twilight Saga.
2: Do you do this every movie for Twilight? We have every we Twilight have movie? done
0: a big topic for every movie. We did, like, The History okay. of Vampires. What were the other ones we did? <laughs> the, I know we did them. Oh, well, the, we did The Native American Representation. The Vampire okay. Wolf. So Stephanie Meyer, the author of the books, is one of the most famous if not the most famous mormon in regular popular culture other prominent modern members include donny osmond orson scott card and glenn beck do either of you have any uh any experience of studying or being close to anyone who's a member of the mormon church
2: the Book of Mormon, the musical.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's most people's touch yes. point for it. And I want to say, if I, if we have any Mormon listeners, please write us in with your thoughts about the Twilight series. And so I don't want to be flippant about any of this. I did the same amount of research as I do about these movies, but I know this is probably more important in some people's lives than the history of how they made Deadpool is. So sorry if I misrepresent anything. But I'm going to give you a little background on the church first. So the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a non-Trinitarian Christian restorationist church that considers itself to be the restoration of the church that is founded by Jesus Christ in the Bible. The church has a sort of Catholic-like structure where there is a president in charge and the president has the ability, it is believed, to speak directly to Jesus Christ. So it's sort of a what the president says goes sort of deal. The church was founded by Joseph Smith in New York in 1830. Most of its teachings are based on revelations that were received by Joseph Smith, including the Book of Mormon, which was proclaimed to be written by ancient prophets and discovered by Joseph Smith. He was murdered by a mob. The church got its formal start by Brigham Young, leading uh, its followers away from New York and from civilization into what would eventually become salt lake city in the mid 1800s this whole thing of like what would become utah started as a territory that was sort of like its own sovereign nation of the mormon people there was actually what is called the utah mormon war uh which is where there was a war between mormons and americans that through a bunch of events ended up resulting in utah getting statehood becoming the 45th state in 1896 which is sort of what gives the church mainstream support. Mm-hmm. Today it is the fourth largest denomination of Christianity in American in America with over 7 million members.
2: It's a denomination of Christianity? Yes. Oh, okay.
0: Although I read that like certain sects of Christianity other denominations think that it's like too different to be considered one. But it does consider itself a denomination of Christianity. The main unique beliefs that differ from the other forms of Christianity include uh, that there are three different heavens, that humans can become gods and goddesses in the afterlife, and a ceremony called sealing that is done between married couples that allows them to stay together even in the afterlife. The churches may be best known in popular culture and history for believing in polygamy, and plural marriage, which is a big historical point because it contradicted state laws outlawing polygamy, which is what sort of caused this contentious relationship that ended with the United States disincorporating the church, basically like outlawing Mormonism, and then the church subsequently outlawing polygamy. That happened in 1890. So it hasn't been a thing in the church for. I guess 130 plus years now, but that was like the big historical thing about it. And then in terms of its modern, modern form, there is a particularly fraught relationship between the church and black people, even like much more with the church of Latter-day saints than with other religions. Black men were allowed to become priests starting in 1978, which was primarily due to their international expansion However, still to this day, the church does not allow women to be priests, and they publicly oppose the Equal Rights Amendment, which outlaws discrimination based on sex, as well as opposing legalized gambling, environmentalism, and same-sex marriage.
2: Book of Mormon's a funny musical.
0: It's really good, and I read that actually a lot of Mormons really like it.
2: Oh yeah, it makes it makes fun of all religions.
0: Yeah, yeah. It,
2: everyone gets offended. Like it, it, they go at everyone, not just yeah. Mormons.
0: So, Stephanie Meyer was raised in the church. She remains in the church. She married her husband when she was 21 years old. She graduated from Brigham Young University. She does not and has never drank coffee or alcohol or smoked or watched an R-rated movie, which are, like, all things that are outlawed in the church.
2: But then she wrote this. Wow. (laughs) Right.
0: So, she said that she purposefully tried not to include any of her religious beliefs into this series. However, a bunch of them that may have that may have been unconsciously included have been pointed out. Free agency, which is a big thing, that Bella has the choice to choose her lover and to choose the fate of her child and her. The ability for humans to become divine in mm. Bella becoming a vampire, tying into humans having the ability to become gods or goddesses in the afterlife. This concept of sealing that we talked about is Sort of reflected in Bella and Edward's marriage, like continuing eternally, that they're like going to be the same age for literally the rest of time and always married to each other, as well as sort of the church has like a big emphasis on family. So that's like her getting married at a very young age, getting married before having sex, getting pregnant very quickly, even in like Carlisle's clan choosing to be a family and to have, like, a mom and dad and siblings and stuff is all sort of reflected in that. Mm. So weird. <laughs> it's very weird. The concept of waiting for an imprinted lover to grow up is similar to an engaged woman waiting for her fiancé to return from his mandatory mission work mm. in order to get married. This is apparently a mm. thing in a church, is that when most uh, men hit a certain age, think it's, like, 18 or 21, they, like, go off and do two years of mission work. Mm. So, like, frequently they will get engaged and then leave for two years, and the woman, like, doesn't date anyone else, just waits for them, and then they, like, come back and immediately get married. Beautiful. The church also believes that it has shared ancestry with Native Americans, Mm. which is illustrated in Bella and Jacob's friendship. Mm. Also, when we look at sort of the history of the lore, Carlisle's conversion happens in the same time and place as Joseph Smith founded the church. Weird. As well as the Volturi being, like, a pretty clear metaphor for the Roman Catholic Church. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: And, like, living underneath the Vatican. and Wearing robes. Ooh, that's That they're, like, the original members of this yeah. religion who are evil, and then he's the one who broke away and started, like, the free version of it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, That's what I got. I don't know how any of that strikes you guys.
2: Yeah, the Volture is definitely Keep I can't believe never thought about that before, but they're definitely some kind of religious that makes sense. That makes sense.
1: I feel like you really, you really dug deep for that one, and I, I, I appreciate it. Like for generations to come, when people ask the question, "How does Mormonism and Twilight tie together?" They can <laughs> use this as a source document for that.
0: Well, there's been much written on the internet about it. But I'll say that for a long time. Yeah, I know these people. They just can't let it go.
2: That's so interesting. I wonder what the Mormon Church like thought about stephanie myers writing this
0: i wonder i don't think there was ever any sort of public statement or like saying like everyone go out and watch twilight
2: yeah (laughs) yeah interesting i wonder if they approved
0: but i do think because she is like maybe the most visible member of the church she mentioned that a lot of people sort of look for these religious themes in her works Hmm. in the way they maybe wouldn't to other people
1: yeah i mean i'm sure there's plenty of christian authors who are just as serious about their own faith who don't put any of it at least not Mm -hmm. any of it like heavy-handedly in their work that we don't even think about just because they're like methodist or something you know and it's not like some weird other religion
0: I feel like that happened, uh, what you were talking about, I meant, with Philip Pullman a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. Where, like, because he was a children's author who was, like, very publicly an atheist, I feel like. Yeah, everybody was people... like,
1: oh, this has so much to do with it. And, like, mm-hmm. maybe it does In a happen.
0: way that probably, like, tons of children's authors are, but they just don't say it. And yeah. Like, like, you think R.L. Stein is at church every Sunday? I doubt it. <laughs> no, you know that guy is. No one else could be so messed up.
2: I hope your Mormon fan base writes in and so. lets so you guys know what they think of Twilight.
0: I hope so, too. I'd love to hear it. Let's wrap things up with a little game. Ooh! Woo. Today's version of our quiz, Interview with a Vampire, we're going to be playing a little game called Go On, Name Them. Okay. This is a game they play on the IGN UK podcast, and I have altered it to fit our Twilight theme. Mm-hmm. I will give a prompt... That will be some sort of list. For instance, I might say there are five movies in the Twilight series. How many can you name? The two of you, it'll start with it'll start with Mariel, because she's the guest. Mm-hmm. Will make a starting bid for how many you think that you can name. And then the next player has the choice to either up the bid and say that they can name more or to tell you to go on, name them, and see if you actually can name that many. <laughs> and basically, whenever someone whenever someone says go on, name them, if you get how many you said, then you get a point. If you don't, then the other player gets a point. Okay. I've got five of these, so whoever has the most points at the end wins the illustrious prize. Oh, we're going to start off with the easiest one here. To date, there have been seven novels in the Twilight series... Written by Stephanie Meyer. That is not including the illustrated guide, what she wrote. Mariel, how many of the seven do you want to start off by saying you can name? Four. Emmett? Five. Mariel?
2: Go on. Name them.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Twilight. Name him. Uh-huh. Eclipse. Breaking Dawn. Midnight Sun. That is correct. That is one point to Emmett. Ooh. You also could have had life and death. And The Short Second Life of Brie Tanner. I was. I knew that the,
1: the other one had some weird thing to do with that girl's life. I had no memory what the name uh, was. Who's,
2: who the hell is Brie Tanner?
0: I guess you'll have to read about it and find out.
2: <laughs> I am going to read these
0: background books. character in Eclipse who has her own book.
2: <laughs> I know what I'm doing this summer.
0: <laughs> okay, that is one point for Emmett, starting off the game strong. Number two, to date, Kristen Stewart has been in 42 full-length films. Oh, my God. Including animated films, but not including shorts or documentaries. Mariel, how many of those oh 42 God. films do you want to say you can name? Oh, God. You can start it off low here. There's no no minimum. Um, there my go. Five.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Emmett? Well, I can definitely do six. Mariel? Oh,
2: my God. I can think of her in them but I don't know their names. All right, all right. Oh god, go ahead and name them. Okay.
1: Twilight, Twilight Saga: New Moon, Twilight Saga: Eclipse, <laughs> Twilight uh-huh. Saga: Breaking Dawn Part 1, Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part 2, and Catch That Kid.
2: What was that movie she was in? The over the winter that like where she's a lesbian and
0: Happy, uh, happy, happy as- Holidays,
1: Happiest god. Season. Could- Happiest season.
2: Uh, ugh, I really don't like her.
0: That is uh, a second point for Emmett. Some I'm others you could have myself. had. The Flintstones and Viva Ro- Rock Vegas. No. <laughs> first. Zathura, A Space Adventure, Into the Wild, yeah. Jumper, Adventureland, The Runaways, American Ultra, Charlie's Angels, Underwater, and Happiest Season. Okay. Uh, I don't recent. feel bad
2: about not knowing any of those. She's <laughs> had a wild career truly
0: number three to date, robert pattinson oh my god. has been in 28 full-length films mariel how many films do you think you can guess
2: i'm gonna say i'm gonna start with one
0: all right i mean both of you should know five <laughs> there do, should be at least five you can immediately i can do up. at least eight eight mm. okay yeah. mariel keep in mind you're two behind at this point oh my god
2: thanks wade <laughs>
0: I'm just saying, you might have to bluff your way to the top here.
2: If I, describe what, uh, if I describe one of the movies he's in, but I can't name it, does that count?
0: I'd consider it.
2: All right. I'm, gonna I'm go... not sure if I'd count it. <laughs> I'm going to go with nine.
0: Nine? Yeah. Emmett? I can do ten.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Uh... Ten. He says he can go for ten. Mario? God. Go ahead and name him Emmett. All right. Okay. <laughs> Twilight. We're looking for ten. Twilight mm-hmm. New Moon.
1: <laughs> Twilight Eclipse. Yeah. Twilight Breaking Dawn. Uh huh. Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. Okay. Five more. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Lighthouse. The King. Mm hmm. Devil All the Time. Tenet.
0: Wow. Yeah. You just did his last year of work.
2: Dang.
0: That is I'm correct. Impressed. You also could have had Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix.
2: Oh. That's what I was going to pull.
0: Remember me. Water for Elephants. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
0: The Lost City of Z and Good Time, I would say, are the only other oh. big, one, big ones you missed.
2: He's actually had, like, a career. Good for him.
0: Well, speaking of, our fourth one. To date, Taylor Lautner has been in 14 <laughs> full-length films. <laughs> oh, god. Oh, Mariel, how many Taylor Lautner movies do you think you could name? I'm going to say... You've got five off the bat here. Seven. Seven, Emmett? Yeah, go ahead, name them.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. Twilight. Uh huh. New Moon. Uh huh. Eclipse. Breaking mm-hmm. Dawn Part 1. <laughs> Breaking Dawn Part 2. Mm-hmm. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Mm hmm. And um, Valentine's Day.
0: That's right. Damn. That's right. You've gotten almost mm-hmm. all of them. Mm hmm. Either of you know any more? There aren't very no. many more. No, There's,
1: you named six, all six of the ones that I knew,
0: <laughs> The only other notable ones, Cheaper by the Dozen 2, oh. Abduction, which is a major flop, but that's sort of his, like, leading, him, like, trying to be a leading action star, which is a major flop, and uh, <laughs> Grown Ups 2 and The Ridiculous 6. Oh. Yeah,
2: there's no chance of me knowing those. I've
1: unfortunately (laughs) seen The Ridiculous Six, but I would recommend that no one else ever do that thing.
0: Okay, this is our last one here. So um, it's three to one right now. The odds aren't looking good. Winner winner takes it all. All right. You know what? I'll do it. I'll do it for this one, because I think this is a curveball for both of you. So Breaking Dawn Part 1 was nominated, and Breaking Dawn Part 2 won Worst Picture... At the annual Golden Raspberry Awards, a famously dumb institution commonly known as the Razzies that awards each year what is considered to be the worst movie of the year. To date, there have been 45 worst pictures at the Razzies, one of which was Breaking Dawn Part 2. Mariel, how many of the worst pictures do you think you can hit? One. All right. Starting off low with one. Emmett? Yeah. I think I could name three. Three? Okay. Mariel? Four. Four. She's raised it to four. Emmett? Go ahead. <laughs> name Oh
2: God. <laughs> um, Twilight, for Breaking Dawn, part two.
0: Yes, that is one.
2: The Hangover.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You've struck out on the second one. The Hangover was not even nominated, sad to say. Oh,
2: that's a good movie actually.
0: I Any other guesses? Any other guesses just I, for fun here. I don't
2: even have I don't even have four guesses y'all.
1: I know we just talked about a movie that was both nominated for for best picture and worst picture in the same year. Yeah. And that there've only been a few of those, but now I can't remember what that movie Is was. Is it that
2: new Sia movie?
0: Oh, uh, Music? I think it might have yeah. been Music was nominated I'm seeing here. I think you might be thinking of Hillbilly Algae. Was the one we were talking about, Emmett.
1: Oh huh. Oh, cause oh, because Glenn Close was nominated for a Razzie for that, right? Mm-hmm. Never mind. Then I have no idea what would the what would be on there.
0: Here are a couple of the recent years. Cats.
2: <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah.
0: The emoji movie. Oh. Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. You
0: Jack guys should do those Jay. next. <laughs> the Last Airbender. Wow. Catwoman. Going back a little bit further here, Wild Wild West. <laughs> Showgirls. Have you
1: ever seen Wild Wild West? I have not. I urge you to. Immediately Isn't it Will Smith? Go to your nearest Blockbuster movie rental <laughs> and rent yourself a copy of that movie. <laughs> Will Smith and Kevin Klein putting in performances of
0: a career. Well, Mary, it was a hard-fought victory, but I'm sad to say, it goes to Emmett. It's all Emmett, right. Congrats he on winning. It. Thank
2: you. Congrats, Emmett. I
0: appreciate Marilyn, it. Maren, any final thoughts here about the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1?
2: It was a moving piece. Hmm. I know I'll be thinking about it for a while. Thanks for thanks for letting me come on and talk about it with you guys.
0: Uh, of course. Thank I'll you be back here. for
2: the Fifty Shades of Grey series.
0: I mean, that would be the hardest part about that series is locking in the guests for <laughs> who does them all. So
2: i do all of them for you.
0: If you're volunteering, maybe wow. we will. Yeah. A Valentine's Day special next year. Truly. Have everybody's hearts uh, a flutter. How similar to these Twilight movies are they? Because they're based on them.
1: Oh my
2: god, yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah, oh, well, all the actors are constipated the entire time, so... So they took (laughs) took the
1: general, like, feeling over from this movie.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. The pale skinned, the torture chamber, the laying in a pool of your blood while a baby's ripped out of you. (laughs)
0: Do you think uh, Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dordum have more chemistry than Robert Pattinson and Kristen? No, Stewart? no, no, no. I, I okay. do, I do okay. support
2: Robert and Kristen.
0: Emma, any final thoughts here about Breaking Dawn? Uh, part one? I just can't believe it's not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wade, do you have any final thoughts? <laughs> I, have, I have one brief thing. Uh-huh. We finally get this action scene at the end of this movie, and it's the family of wolves versus the family of vampires so this feels like something that should be pretty cool because over four movies you have learned to care about people on both sides of this conflict Uh and you know all of their like unique strengths and talents so this should be like twilight civil war where we have like these awesome matchups of like sam against emmett and I clearly know all of them very well. <laughs> um, Seth against Jasper, like, all of the faves. And mm-hmm. and then it's just, like, 30 seconds of weird choreography, and then it's over. It that's really, all they do with it.
2: Yeah, I have no memory from that fight. And I know I was watching it. Like, I know I was...
0: But it's also compelling. It's like the vampires have to fight to keep... It's like keep away the werewolves at all costs from getting into the house. Like, that's such a good setup for a fight, and they do nothing with yeah. it. Yeah.
1: So unsatisfying.
2: Wait till the next
0: movie. So speaking of the next movie, I remember like some of the big stuff. These are I don't remember either of these two things. These are the two things I want. This is <laughs> all I want for it after watching these four movies. I want her to tell Charlie. I am going to be pissed if Charlie never finds out after she has like drugged this man along and hurt him so many times for this grand oh my lie. God. He is like on a flight to Sweden or wherever she says to Switzerland
2: the way she to come treats and him save her. it is horrible
0: it is every yeah.
2: movie it's like an abuse yeah. to charlie yeah
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's horrible
0: and he's a good guy he's just a single dad trying to like have some sort of interests some sort of commonality with his teenage daughter
2: she's also probably still like on all of his medical insurance and stuff So, like what <laughs> yeah. i don't understand what like
0: he also lets her get married at 18 to her boyfriend who he knows is bad. So like he loves her. It's so. So Charlie deserves to know the truth. I'm going to be pissed Mm -hmm. if he does not know the truth by the end of the next one. And I want finally an answer for why Edward can't read Bella's mind. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's like a big plot thing that has been left hanging that he can read every other person's brain on the planet, except for hers. So is she the chosen one, or are they meant to be together? Like, what is the deal with that? Those are the two things I want next week.
2: You don't want to know what happens between Renesmee and Jacob? No. They make half vampire, half wolf
0: (laughs) puppies. Half, half vampire, half, half human, half werewolves. Oh my god.
1: I'm excited to see what Bella's superpower is
0: mariel thank you so much for being here with us today
2: oh thank you guys so much for having me is there
0: any plugs anything you want to list while you're here anywhere the people can find you online
2: you can find me on the gram it's mariel (laughs) three three one it's my birthday Uh and then i'm becoming the co-host of cinema buns bums bums mm-hmm with wade
0: that is true that's an announcement we have to make right now yes. the-
2: surprise <laughs>
0: are you the new co-host
2: yeah Emmett <laughs> wow.
0: will be a permanent third guest but mariel is the new the new co-host damn
2: surprise everyone <laughs> here to tell you
0: and we'll be starting our 50 shades of gray series
1: immediately next week yep. but there will be no last twilight is she also going to be staying in my room and wearing my flannel
2: <laughs> i am i am the new Emmett. <laughs>
1: This is very distressing to me. I see all my artwork He's like actually wall getting worked up. me.
0: <laughs> Meet the new yeah. Emmett. Same as the old Emmett. Look, the podcast just needs someone tall. That's, the, I would say, the most mm-hmm. important thing is someone short and someone tall. Yeah. So. Okay. Carry it on
1: for me, I suppose.
2: Caliban says hi, by the way. I
1: hate
0: you. I love my pet lizard. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you turned her again. Well, we'll be back. Mariel and I will be back next week.
2: <laughs> See you guys soon. Shout out to the Mormons.
0: <laughs> to discuss Breaking Dawn Part 2. Until next time. Love you guys. Bye.
2: Stay
1: frosted. Damn it,
0: don't steal that too. <laughs> Cinema Bums is a production of DKG Podcasts. It is created and produced by Emma Temple and me, Wade lawrence Holloman. I also edit and mix the podcast. Our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who you can find on Bandcamp, and our show art is by Autumn Beckner. Our social media is managed by Laura Bennett. If you like what you hear, please tell all your friends, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the two best ways to spread the word about our work. You can also follow us on Instagram at cinemabums, or email us at cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Don't flake on us. We'll be back next week.